This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the NTP studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh. This is episode 154, and my partners in crime are here tonight. Hello, Chris. Let's go. Hello, Mark. Hey. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. It's, it's okay. <clears throat> you want to talk about that? Infinite campus implementation. We probably shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> I had to talk Chris off the ledge <laughs> yesterday uh, with Infinite Campus. Before we get into that, or if we get into that, Chris, why don't you, uh, you wanted to talk about NTP and Zach, not David. Uh, apparently, I can't talk about David and I's pickleball tournament, um, but you're going to talk about Zach. Uh, yeah, Zach uh, of NTP, NTP, the diamond partner sponsor uh, for all of 2024 with us. Uh he just confirmed that he is planning on attending the K-12 Tech Pro Meetup with us in San Diego. That's April 19th. So you're going to hang out with Zach of MTP. You're going to hang out with me uh, and uh, Mr. Jason uh, of K-12 Tech Pro is for sure coming along for that ride uh, as well. Uh, so sign up for that. Get ready for that. Uh, NTP, we're looking forward to them attending several of these meetups with us and getting to know our community. Uh, so, Chris, it's been rough with uh, campus. I was just the easy and it, it and it is so funny because, Josh, you already did this last year and I like made fun of you and I laughed at you through all of your pain and suffering. And many of my colleagues, I just looked at you guys going through what you went through. Eric, the intern, I mean, he left the educational sector <laughs> like after implementation um, and I'm just getting started with it because we're going to Infinite Campus this coming school year. So this was the week uh, of my secretaries and counselors first getting logged into uh, Infinite Campus, into the sandbox, their very first Zoom training. So the first of several secretaries ever having like a headset on and joining a Zoom call. Uh, and it was a real it was a real treat. Uh, I know for sure my work, I, I have spent easily over 10 hours this week just on Infinite Campus. Oh, yeah. Like, that's an easy time for me to say uh someone asked me well how many meetings you got left and i counted and there's 38 for sure <laughs> and then you're just doing the math because it's like a two-hour zoom call and the prep before and after and i mean yeah it's a it's a deal and you and I, and quite honestly you've got it easy because you're not dealing with the stinking csv files yes i got to skip a lot of what you guys went which which was the plan a month. It was a month of pure heads down data export. But it's a thing. I, I don't think people understand just how painful your SIS transition is always going to be. It's yes. awful. It is yes. awful. Yeah. After my last one, I said, I'm never doing this one again in yeah. my career. No, never again. It, I, it's no. It is so painful because you're ripping open technical debt. You're also ripping open processes. and. Oh, yeah policies that are kind of undefined or have been defined by your old system yeah and we like, started well, just how we did it we yep. started a new google doc of 
uh, procedure changes. Yeah. Uh, I think there's already five in there that we poked little bears <laughs> that were changing how things are done. Uh, and I, I spent, it was at least 15 minutes this week. We were discussing if it's an apartment complex. Um, we had different buildings doing where it's like Falcon street apartments, eight pound, eight lot number eight, like, <laughs> And yeah. we got to nip this. This is the time to nip yeah. this. Uh, well, here's the conversation. And we're talking about it a lot. And we landed on just typing an eight, by the way. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, we had to have a talk. <clears throat> Thankfully, the, the assist coordinator at the time and I had a really good relationship. And we we decided early on that we had to kind of get mean gruff take a hard stand when a conversation you know when, when you're having a conversation about why are, why do we do it this way and when the converse when the rationale devolves into either we've always done it this way or that's how we did it because of tyler time out stop guess what Going forward, Tyler doesn't exist, so that's not an excuse anymore. So we likely have to change that process. And yep. man, you you talk about hurt feelings, upset, like people, and I get it. People become to own these processes and procedures and how you do things and how you collect data and the data you collect. And it's very personal to them. And when you go to change that, it doesn't matter the rationale as to why. Yep. There are very, very, very strong feelings about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I know tech directors that in, in since in Missouri, since they've been migrating away from campus or from Tyler, that have interviewed for jobs at other districts and have found out that the the new district has yet to go through this process because they have Tyler. <laughs> See ya. And they pull out of the interview. I know I know at least one person that was a finalist and once they found out that they had not started their campus implementation, they said, "I'm sorry, I'm removing removing myself from this situation." Mm -hmm. And and Josh, you're it, Chris, what you're describing you're, while you're picking on campus, it's universal. Oh yeah, no, it's, it, it's universal. Yes, absolutely. It's, I, we went from a homegrown sys to a uh, off-the-shelf product, and I remember like the most traumatizing experience of that was um, in the homegrown system. It was built in the late '90s, and there was really very little validation in grades, and so we had F minus. People had oh. used F, F minus because you know you can do you an like, A minus. You really failed. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you really screwed up if you Just, got an F minus. Just wait in the new sys, the new student information system. We didn't bring, we can configure that to get rid of F minus. I got ripped a new one by a high school, <laughs> ripped, ripped into because I was destroying their academic grading practice. And Seriously? Like, I, this was a mistake that a developer made 20 years yeah. ago in the old system and it allowed you to do an F minus. And here we are saying, you really want a kid to go to college with a F minus on their How, report so, card? And... <laughs> what was the rash? Was it because of a, a GPA thing? I, I don't know. By the end of the meeting, I was just crying in the corner because of <laughs> F minus. But like, 
that that this is technical debt that you're taking on. And Chris, ten years from now, twenty years from now, your district's gonna be like, why isn't there a pound sign in the yeah. apartment? Number? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I I don't. We I know several people, Chris. You and I run in the same circles. We know several people that are going through the implementation now of, and it doesn't matter. Like you said, Mark, it's it's not a campus problem. It's it doesn't matter. Power school. Uh, teacher ease which yeah. sounds like a laxative i'm sorry teacher ease if you're listening but that's a horrible name um yeah it's it's just it's, it's a heavy lift it's yeah well and it's, it's here's here's my funny thing that happened this week too so there's this call two hours long uh i'm in my office without windows you know i'm by myself there's like 15 uh, 17 people on the call. I, I come up in those moments where we're trying to make a decision. I've I'm quickly seeing what my role is uh, with this. And I, and I have quickly seen that I can't skip these meetings. I have to pay attention. I have to be in them. Uh, but to be just, this is what happened. I needed to go pee. We're about an hour in. I haven't had to speak for about 30 minutes. Can we say pee? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I I do a slow roll. Okay. I'm you mute. slow stream. Well, that no, it was really fast. <laughs> I mute my microphone. Okay. Okay. I'm muted. They can still see me. No one needs me. You took your laptop in the bathroom? No, no. Oh. I turn off my camera. I wait a just a little bit, several seconds. Okay. No one notices. I'm cool. My there's a restroom nearby. I like sprint. I pee. I come back and our sis coordinator, I put headset on and she's going, Well, when we figure out where Chris went, we'll get to and I'm oh it there was no way I was gone for a minute. There is no way. So now I gotta like turn back on and I'm like, you know, I'm not wanting to announce to the room, hey guys, I had to go pee. Sorry about that. I'm like navigating through this. I'm like, hey, I'm here. And then I'm acting like I've been paying attention the whole time. I was gone for a minute. Anyway. That's hilarious. I, I had, I was debating telling the story. I had a very, very similar interaction. This was during COVID and we we're all on Zoom and it was like an all principal call. There's like 150, 200 people on there. And I step away from the call for a second and I come back and, and we weren't talking about this, sis. We weren't talking about this. I come back and there's a poll that the superintendent had put on the screen oh, no. and it's should we get a new sis <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god and i come out like i'm in the middle of covid <laughs> i can't <laughs> what are you doing to me and the poll comes back like 50 50 from the principals and i just drop in the chat i probably should have voted on this one <laughs> but like oh were they yeah. messing with you no or was she serious oh my god <laughs> no I thought you were going to say she was pulling a prank, you know? Yeah. Wow. No, no, no. but wow. going back to your original comic, Chris, people really don't un, uh, understand <laughs> just how complicated these transitions are. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not like getting a new app on the app store. So yeah. ugh, good luck. I, I think That's we fine. have, the, I think we have the title of the episode. Chris had to pee. Um, <laughs> Uh, gotta Chris. figure out the artwork on that one <laughs> <laughs> just a urinal <laughs> give some 
So, yeah, go, go, never mind. I just, I'm not. Never mind. Should we go? Uh, Should we go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, what? Uh, well, hang on, Mark. I know you want to get to the newsroom. Just hang on. You can you can go ahead and start running down to the newsroom if you want. Um, Chris, pick a pick a sponsor. Who do you want to talk about? For sure. Let's talk about Visor. That's V-I-Z-O-R, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, not too long ago, they released a new version of their stuff, over 60 new features. I wouldn't even call them new anymore. They're uh, kind of becoming old hat. Uh, they're giving 20% off uh, if you will uh, refer us uh, when 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 you check them out. It's visor.cloud slash K-12 Tech Talk, V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash K-12 Tech Talk. Uh, they can help you manage your Chromebooks, uh, help you automate, uh, even power washing. Uh, they can help you with all kinds of stuff with your inventory. Check out Visor. All right, Mark, have you made it down to the? Is Mark is Mark in the newsroom yet? Oh, uh, man. His, his, his newsroom mic is on now. All right, all right. A couple of we just have a couple of news articles this week. Um, CISA and MS Isaac released an advisory actually today, Thursday. Is that on, on a new album? It says his new album. Yeah, they they dropped uh, this afternoon, and it was on. Uh, <laughs> is SZA who played one. the guitar at the Super Bowl? Yeah, is that SZA? Yeah, yeah. SZA. Um, they Did they you, don't wait, always wait. Time out. <laughs> I have to. I have to derail this. Did you see the tweet that I made at SZA and Jen Jen Easterly during the Super Bowl? No. So the Super the Super. <laughs> The Super Bowl. Let's just ready say to... no. I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> the Super Bowl is getting ready to start, and they say, you know, SZA's here. You know, whatever. And I, I tweeted, I tweeted SZA and CISA and Jenna Easterly, and I said, hey, I knew you guys were going to have a Super Bowl presence with a bunch of cybersecurity things. I didn't realize you were going to be on national TV starting off the show. And like, oh wait. And then I tweeted back. Oh, they're talking about some some other person. It was funnier. Go read my tweets. Jeez, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> All right. Well, so SZA and I am a little cybersecurity humor there. <laughs> Maybe we'll cut that out later. <laughs> uh, Not like going pee or something. They, uh. they don't always release public uh, alerts and advisories, but they did one today. And this was, I think, a little bit of public humiliation in terms of like, please do not put yourself in this situation. So this was uh, kind of a debrief of an investigation of a state government organization. We don't know any more details of that. Um, but essentially what they determined was that a threat actor had leveraged a compromised account of a former employee, use that employee's account to authenticate in through VPN uh, begin execute different uh, directory access protocols uh, through LDAP queries against the domain controller, and you know the 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 rest of the story. They pull a lot of data out and start selling on the dark web. I think this article was really sent to send a strong message to the community that you never want to be in a position where your breach was caused by a former employee's account. There's no yeah. excuse when somebody leaves your district, you shut the account down especially if it is somebody from your own team uh, who has access. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Take take this one uh, very seriously. And I think we're all in that position where you have a former employee who has processes on their account. They've got scheduled jobs and you're always worried about when I shut the account down, are these jobs going to stop? You've got to rip that bandaid off 
shut that account down. Don't end up being a public alert from CISA and MSI Zach saying this entire breach was caused by a stray former employee's account. Yeah, that, uh, to yeah. be able to raise your hand and say, oh, that, that was me, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an embarrassing one. So, okay. so I, don't put you I, up. I need a retraction. It wasn't, I didn't tweet that during the Super Bowl. It was the Grammys. And I, I just said, Trevor Noah said that SZA was nominated for a bunch of Grammys. Congrats, Jenny Easterly. I guess that was for your MFA song. And then later I said, oh, my son tells me it's SZA, the singer, not SZA. Speaking of song, Josh retweeted and posted. You, you like taking jabs. The Fortinet. Oh, the Fortinet yeah, I completely music forgot video. about that. We're going to put that I, in the podcast description for sure. I think that needs to be our outro music tonight. And Fortinet, by the way, a proud sponsor of the Kids with Tech Talk podcast. And they're hanging out with us for 2024, and maybe they won't after we do this video. But I completely forgot about that. We're going to post yes, that. The Fortinet Check it song out. is amazing. Amazing. Okay, Mark, sorry to interrupt. I know your news segment. Mark's face is a little red. I think he's getting I mad. I know he's getting mad. He probably has to pee. <laughs> no, ahead, no, let's just, I mean, if, do you have any more tweets we should go through, Josh? You... <laughs> let's start holding up a board of the tweets. <laughs> Josh, Josh, I mean, start coming with a board. Look I mean, what I tweeted last week at 757. <laughs> continue, Mark. Uh, okay. Aren't I funny? Look at <laughs> um in other news of things that josh probably tweeted about in a previous life greenwich high school greenwich connecticut is asking the town for 1.1 million dollars over five years to fix inadequate cell service at the high school mm. i struggled with this article uh, because I think we've all received a complaint or two about cell phone service. Oh, yeah. And uh, we all know the challenges of, of fixing it. It's really not necessarily in our control. Well, this high school has said, we are going to fix this. And we are going to spend $1.1 million, 600 and somewhat thousand dollars for the implementation of a cell phone repeater system. And then the remaining uh, money was for maintenance over the next two years. I just, I, I struggle with, we're all having a lot of issues with cell phones and a lot of schools are putting in uh, measures to reduce the amount of cell phone usage. And here you have a school asking for over a million dollars to make cell phones better. Now they cite safety concerns and I totally understand that. Um, however, there are a whole lot of other opportunities for you to put in redundancy to your uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, that does not cost a million dollars and does not open up every person's cell phone to be used during the day. So fascinating article. I wish them well. This is the third time they have asked for the money and the third time the city has said, no, we're not doing this. So hmm. we'll see if third time's a charm. I don't know. I agree with you, Mark, but I think I, <clears throat> from a different perspective, I don't know that that's the city's responsibility. Like that should be the carrier's responsibility to me. I agree. Maybe I'm thinking about that wrong. Yeah, you'd think more a campaign against the carrier. Hey, carrier, right. don't you care about school safety kind of bit? You think that would get some right. traction going? Well, I, you, you never know if maybe there is great cell reception in the area, but the building has, mm -hmm. you know, building materials and, you know, 
uh, signal blocking glass. We have some buildings where there's like a, a, a reflective material on there to, to keep out UV lights or UV lights or rays. And then that also blocks cell reception. Um, so that might be what they're trying to fix as well. Um, but man, that's a, it's a heavy price tag for a neutral DAS. That's, that's crazy. Um, the next thing we were going to talk about in news, and we've mentioned this before a couple of times, uh, but if you are a VMware user, customer, whatever, uh, you need to start having conversations with your resale people on the cost of your renewal for this year. Um, you're, if you haven't done any looking into this or you haven't seen the Reddit article that came out recently about this, uh, you're probably going to be shocked at what the price difference is. Uh, my, our CFO <clears throat> has asked that I start getting some of our renewal costs ready for next fiscal year already. And uh, this has been a sticking point because one Broadcom, I guess, is sitting on their hands with their resellers and not giving much information to the resellers. Well, today, finally, my reseller reached out and said, hey, we're starting to get some information. I should be able to get you a quote pretty soon. Just warning you, it's going to be significantly higher than what your support was before. So if you don't know, their Broadcom's getting rid of the perpetual licensing agreement for VMware and going to like a software as a service type licensing structure. Um, so you're going to be paying it every year for VMware, not just for support, but for the product itself and, and get ready um, because it's expensive. So uh, that's your, that's your warning. So that'll be interesting to see where that threshold is, where that'll start driving schools away from VMware to either um, <clears throat> Microsoft's product or Chris, what's the one you guys were using? Uh, Nutanix. Yep. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what that threshold of cost is before people start leaving. Yeah. We had the same uh, warning from our reseller say we need to meet. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. bad. Yeah. It's going to be, I think I'd have to go back and look at what my renewal was last year, but I'm, I'm thinking it's um, close to five, six, seven times higher than what we paid last year. It's just crazy. And it's the same product. It, it yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's really going to be interesting. No, we all knew when Broadcom was buying it, this is going to be bad. So. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Great. Great. Um, Mark. Or, yeah. yeah, Mark, why don't you come up from the newsroom? And Chris, who do you want to talk about now? Broadcom, more like. You got a tweet, Chris? Uh, let's talk about Absolute, a new sponsor, but a returning sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, they can help you monitor online learning and application usage, not content filter stuff. Uh, think bigger than that. They can help you with your... Uh, one-on-one -on -one devices on and off campus. They can help you reduce device loss. They can help you with cyber threats on your devices. Uh, Absolute is an added layer to your devices, and we're going to unpack them over the next six weeks. Yep, and we appreciate them <clears throat> hanging out with us. Uh, let's see. Chris, you had some listener emails you wanted to bring up with the group. Yeah, you want good news? Like, do you want you want people that like us and people or or the ones that are questioning us? Let Let's start with the questionable ones first. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, last uh, week we discussed uh, some teams outage, if you recall that, and uh, we had a couple questions uh, and a couple little 
just curious things. So I'm going to put these two together, listener Ryan and listener Jeff. Uh, they actually talked to each other on K-12 Tech Pro. Uh, I'm curious about the negativity towards teams. My school is a Microsoft school. We've not really been majorly affected by an outage. Uh, our experience has been good. And then Ryan was wondering the same. Is this like Apple versus Microsoft, cats versus dogs, G Suite versus 365? Why are you guys hating? And I actually played it back, and you guys delivered more hate than I did. It's, yeah. it's why a you frustrating, hating? It's a frustrating interface. I had a Teams call this afternoon, and you never know when you're in this stinking call. I'm sorry. You, you, you have to hit join call like six times before you're really in the call. It's stupid. Yeah, Do you think I, the experience it, it, is different if you're a Microsoft school district then? Maybe it works better? Nah. No, no. They hate it too. <laughs> they hate it too. Listen, I'll tell you the moment I realized I'm never going to like Teams. And, they, and they've changed things around a little bit. I know they've they've updated their user interface a little bit. But I was on a call with an outside provider. They had Teams. And, you know, or, you know, the little banter in the beginning when you're getting set up. It's just me and this other guy. We've got our cameras. Oh, we're talking. Oh, what's the weather like? And I was like, you know, maybe we should, uh, should we check where the other folks are? And he goes, no, they're all here. And I didn't realize that when your camera's not off, like your name was like gone from the screen. This was, I think they've updated the interface by now. We were having this conversation with like 15, 20 people just listening to us. And I had no idea that everybody was on there. And uh, <laughs> I, have, I have hated teams since. Hmm. And yes, the joining problem. Uh, it's annoying. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, I don't I don't have the app on my machine. I just join through the browser, which is probably not the right way to do it. I was going to say that, actually. That's what and I do. It, and it doesn't probably nine times out of 10. I have to load it twice because the first time it tries to load, it errors out and goes to some dashboard. And then I have to refresh and then it puts me in the room. I've joined from the browser and it prompted me to try to install the app. I installed yeah. the app and then the browser thing is still what tries to come up the rare times I'm trying to join a, a Teams call. So then every time I reboot my computer, Teams pops up as if I'm like all into Teams and I just try to, and then I can't get it like out of the <laughs> taskbar. Like I say, don't start at startup, whatever. I look for that, but it seems to keep popping up after it updates. The stupid WebEx app is the same. It, it always starts. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right what's so the, what's the good emails? Wow. Okay, so we uh, two emails that are some feedback from the principal uh, episode. Uh, this is from listener Adam, uh, and there's some comments uh, here. He said, just want to drop a quick note uh, how much I appreciate the latest episode geared towards principals. Uh, one part that really stuck out to me was the reference uh, that the other podcast uh, was talking about not understanding why schools are the target of attacks. Uh, and Adam just was kind of venting to us. He said, these attacks, uh, he says, usually Russian-backed groups, not just financial gain. Uh, there's other objectives that seem to be at play, you know, trying to destabilize education systems, you know, that kind of thing. So targeting educational institutions allows these places to control some chaos uh, and kind of mess us up. Uh, so he his, his, his long story short is it's crucial as ed tech leaders that we highlight uh, that we're facing these coordinated attacks. Uh, even if you're a small school, uh, it is a serious thing. And he he just wanted that to be said and known kind of thing. Any any comments on that? 
Go ahead, Mark, if you have any. No, I, I think that's that's the hardest one to get across to principals is it seems very foreign and it in a different way, it is foreign. It is, you know, I, I've had a couple of principals joke like, oh, you're protecting against Russia. I'm like, you don't understand how true that statement actually is. That yeah. We are seeing a lot of these attacks coming from other countries. So appreciate yeah. that comment. Thank you. And, you know, I think that that discussion point of targeted attacks and, you know, well-funded, on-purpose, going out of their way to look for K-12s, that's something that we brought up. That was a discussion point that we brought up during our keynote in um, last year when we were up there with you, Mark, um, that these are very targeted, intentional attacks on K-12. They're not happening by mistake or by happenstance. They're very, very targeted attacks. All right. This other email is from listener Jason. Uh, and this is actually the uh, the one from the principal episode that was the vendor uh, that kind of had some perspective. Uh, and he did a follow-up that I thought was some good stuff. Uh, he said, I agree 100% with your point. And, and there's two things to this. Uh, I agree 100% with your point that it's on the vendor to get uh, everybody engage with the process if you know if you're moving to something new uh, and he's just speaking from his experience uh, he said that uh, as a salesperson uh, he can try to coach and try to support people that are afraid of Dr. No aka Josh uh, killing it out uh, but that maybe it's more of a doctor maybe and it's an attitude things uh, and you need to just just again need to communicate that communication is the biggest thing. And, and I know that was one of our takeaways from the episode. Every single point kind of came back to communication. Maybe Dr. No isn't such a jerk, right? Look at how grumpy Josh is right now. I mean, he he had a very grumpy look on his face while you were describing that. So And now he's being super lame. He's muted while he's talking. Yeah, wow. yeah, I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't happen with teams, would it, Josh? No, wouldn't either. <laughs> stupid thing at auto unmute or something stupid. No, I was, I was reading a tweet about Tucker Carlson. Oh, here um, did you tweet at him? No, I'm not. I'm not you know, I don't need to be a target of a Russian. Hey, on bio. on that that note of like vendors being prepared for for district onboarding, I had a phenomenal meeting with a vendor. Uh, and I don't even know if I can call him a vendor because this was a it's a free service. They have an onboarding checklist, and I'll say the name of the vendor at the end. That was the best I have ever seen of any vendor. They had all the integration processes and things that you need to do and it was very well laid out and put together and i even commented to them like if every one of our vendors that we work with have an onboarding page like this it would be amazing so if you don't use canva i highly oh. recommend you check out canva's onboarding process and their page it's it is the best i have ever seen these guys know how to implement in the school district they know their audience yeah uh, and they're prepared they i'm glad their rostering has gotten gotten better with clever okay it didn't it didn't use it they didn't used to roster with clever you had to do some google group joining and stuff yeah. like that and and alternate ta or, uh, tags uh now that they roster through clever yeah it, it's very it's very seamless yeah and they're and they're folks that we were dealing with they're super prepared and accommodating and i'm like i'm not paying you anything and yet you still want to like bend over backwards for us so Kudos to, to Canva for making our job a lot easier. Here's the second point from this email. Uh, talking about tickets versus no tickets. You know, we had some really good banter about that. Oh, no. 
Jason says, I see the benefits of both Josh's approach as well as the one used by Chris and Mark. Uh, I found myself in these positions before, uh, and there is a risk of a single point of failure depending upon which way you land. I've coached people to open tickets and projects and then call me. Uh, this is kind of his recommendation. Open tickets and projects and then call me. And then I'm happy to act like a nightclub bouncer, he says, and lift the rope for certain people uh, to get to skip the line. So that lets them talk through the process to see if it needs immediate escalation or not. Kind of a middle of the place of the three of us, I think. Sure. Put, and I, I don't, a, I still, that, that lets Josh win a little too much for me. Put in a ticket. Uh, Chris, why don't you jerk. tell us about Class Link real quick? Classlink uh, looks a lot like Clever, but it's more like the Cadillac. Uh, Classlink, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. They can help you with your rostering and everything else. Uh, check them out. We're going to unpack them over the course of 2024. And who doesn't love a Cadillac? Um, Let's see here. <laughs> okay, our main topic. How do you prepare for a snow day? Mark, you, uh, you had a snow day this week. With the threatening of a snowpocalypse. Yeah. So I'm in New England and I think most you people, are? News, I, most people saw that we got a storm. Uh, it did not materialize for us. So we had a snow day, um, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that we didn't get a, we didn't get a, a, a dusting at all. Uh, just vanished. Um, but just south of us in New York city, they did have a snow day. Schools closed and they had a virtual day uh and unfortunately new york city's virtual day went horribly horribly wrong uh they had some technical issues and when you're in a school district that size uh a small technical issue is a front page article on the associated press new york times new york post all those guys so uh it's a painful article to read because you, you can imagine we're all we've all been there um but their first snow day and it took about an hour and a half for students to be able to log in after they had some uh, authentication issues so we did not actually do virtual uh school uh during our snow day when we call the snow day we call it uh, and it is fully closed I'm curious what you guys do for snow days um, or what you do to prepare for a virtual day. And maybe you're in a, a part of the country that does not necessarily have snow days. Um, what do you do to prepare for any sort of virtual day, uh, whether it is prepared for or, or unprepared? And what do you, do you even do virtual school snow days? Um, so we do four snow, four re regular snow days, traditional snow days first. And then if we go beyond that, we do AMI days or alternative methods of instruction or virtual days, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we have yet to hit a virtual day this year. We, we have burned all of our traditional days so far. Uh, so our next one, if we have it, which I don't think we will, because uh, this next week looks like we're going to be hitting mid 60s all week. Um, we it will it would be a virtual day. So I'm reading this New York City article, and it looks like they leverage IBM for instruction delivery for virtual. And uh, that just surprises me that I, I, to quote one of the chancellors, IBM was not ready for prime time. It's like, cool. Uh, for us, virtual would be for our older kids that take devices home. It, it would be, you know, they've got Google Classroom 
assignments to address for the younger kids. Um, they would send devices home if the kids don't have a device at home. Uh, there might at the elementary level, it would probably be more like packets, you know, a paper, a paper packet that had been developed ahead of time and sent home. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a little different for each building. Um, can I ask a question though? So you, you said you actually, you do send packets, you send devices home. Does that mean that you're calling the snow day during this, the previous school day? Like how does no, that stuff work? It, so there, we try principals try to kind of be cognizant or have faculty be cognizant of weather forecasts that are coming up. Like last week, there was a chance that we were going to have a snow day. I guess it was this Monday, this past Monday. And I saw a couple emails from principals going out saying, Hey, on, on Friday of last week saying, Hey, keep in mind, there's a chance for a snow day on Monday. It talk to your kids. If they, if we've identified these kids as needing a device at home on a snow day, because they don't have a device, whatever that process looks like, you need, you need to engage that and be ready. So are you, are, are you involved then? If you've got principals saying devices home, do they have to prep you or do you have to prep them? I mean, I'm just wondering, like, are you just no, constantly ready for the devices to go home at any time? We, we have a slush of power adapters in the, in that building that, it, that particular building has a slush of power adapters. Um, so <clears throat> We during our online registration process in the summer when kids get ready to come back, one of the questions that we ask during that process is, do you have a device available at home that your student could do a virtual snow day with, more or less? Uh, come to find out, less than five percent of our student body population don't have a device at home, so it's a it's a relatively small number to address, and and that can be identified through our student information system, so that our teachers know who those kids are. So that in in that case, we are heading towards a virtual day. We can pull that device out of the cart that's in the classroom and take a slush adapter and send it on their merry way. And we're talking about two grade levels because our elementary they they're gonna for a for an AMI day, an alternative method of instruction day, they're they're just gonna rely on a paper packet. Oh, your state allows that? Yeah. Wow. It's up. It's local control, Mark, Missouri, but yeah, New local, Hampshire. Oh, local plan. Local control. I don't know what our state requires for, for virtual days, but I know at least during COVID they required uh, asynchronous or synchronous instruction. So we Ugh. wouldn't have just been able to do packets. No, I don't think they ever got that far of requiring it. Uh, synchronous instruction that is, um, and keeping track of who is in the zoom when mm. for what attendant, you know, like we could do that. Thankfully Google rolled that out with meat, I think pretty early on in, in uh, the COVID shutdown. Um, but I don't think we ever got to that point. Got it. Okay. Chris, we are super similar to what Josh said, but we're old school snow day. Snow day is a snow day. Like yeah. stay home, chill, have, have a good time. Uh, we would be ready to go uh, third through 12th uh, with true one-to-one, -one, like a, the Chromebook is assigned to the kid at that lower, those lower grades would be more what Josh talked about with the paper packet, but we have a cabinet or cabinets ready with Chromebooks to go home. Uh, all the way down to kindergarten. Very similar to all that Josh said. He copied off me. Have you have you guys done a virtual snow day or you're still in that kind of... Man, I, I think last year we might have had one. It, it, it doesn't have... Because we front load with traditional days. So we have to get through four traditional snow days before we get to an, uh, a virtual day. Got it. Chris? No, we're old school, man. Snow days are snow days. Let's go have some fun. 
Oh, you don't do any virtual days? Mm-mm. Interesting. So those virtual days we don't have to make up then that that counts as a as an instructional day. So by building in only four traditional Sundays, we only have to make up Got those it. four days in our calendar. Wait a minute. So you you still have to make up the traditional virtu- days. Oh, the traditional days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you don't make up the virtual ones. Those no, 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 no. No. We um we had started prior to COVID, we had started conversations about what a virtual snow day would look like. And the state was kind of like, well, we're just trying to figure this out. we got a few school districts piloting it. Uh, and then obviously COVID hit and kind of drew that conversation to the front burner. Um, I like to think that COVID was just a little bit too long for a lot of people's comfort level. And um, rather than using COVID as a way of saying, here's how it can be done it actually became more of a conversation of how this, this really isn't the equitable solution for everybody. Um, and we had a lot of students that um, were not able to access instruction either due to special education needs, um, specialized services, uh, or it just wasn't the right fit. So uh, virtual snow days never really took off for us. Um, and after COVID was over, we kind of closed the door to, uh, to virtual days. So snow day is a snow day for us. We don't even hmm. entertain the, uh, the thought of a virtual day, which I think I is good it. for for us. We have a lot uh, higher population of you know, lower socioeconomic status families. And so we know that uh, access to a device and access to internet is not something we can sure. pivot to overnight. Um, it would be relatively successful, but it would be very inequitable. So we have decided uh, once COVID, I, would, I wouldn't say that there was necessarily a formal decision. It was just kind of once COVID was over, we're done with this. So that's where we are. Yeah. I, it, you know, I, it adds a lot of headache um, and a lot of prep and planning, especially yeah. on the faculty side. Um, and I understand the worth of it because we're able to kind of recapture those hours and not have to make those hours up. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a lot of drama associated with it, you know, both on the front end and, if we were to get to that point, then, you know, kids logging in from home at grandma's house and they can't join the Wi-Fi. Like there's a lot of stuff that comes along with it. I, I struggle with that, that, that balance of, you know, a a virtual snow day versus no school at all. I I think that any instruction you can have earlier in the year is, is definitely more beneficial to students. I know that at least in my school district, there's a lot of field trips, field days, um, less rigorous instruction towards the end of the school year, especially after state testing is over. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's and why so we I, wait to the last minute to do state testing. Yeah. And that's why I'd, I'd love to think that, you know, a, a virtual snow day will at least give students more instruction prior to state testing. Um, but then again, knowing that not all students are going to access a virtual snow day and it's going to be, uh, it, it just feels artificial. And, um, and Mark, I would argue <clears throat> And, and this is going to sound really wrong or mean. I I would argue the the value of that virtual instruction isn't anything like the value of in person instruction. I mean, COVID totally. showed COVID showed us that. Totally, totally. And and don't get me wrong. There's plenty of students who did a phenomenal job uh, and yes. excelled during COVID during I virtual agree. instruction. And there are plenty of students where it does work. We have a very high population of students where we know it does not work. Yeah. And those are the students that we know are um, already far behind. They are already struggling with 
um, accessibility of, of instruction. They're already struggling with um, a lack of, of attendance or instruction and a virtual day is not going to necessarily help all of them. Yeah. And probably may not have the supports at home, be it yeah. from infrastructure or someone to help, help them figure right. out the word problem in math, you know, like right. that, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what New York does after this experience. Yeah. This is all just made me think about COVID and I'm depressed. I'm sorry. Do you want to go yeah. back to read some of Josh's tweets? Would that <laughs> I do have before before we wrap it up, I do have something that uh we found today. Listener Corey, I guess ex co-host Corey, we should call him. Uh in Clever, and we've talked a lot about Clever, and I think Chris is working on getting Clever to come on the show. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to email them back. Um, <laughs> Ooh, um, Clever, don't listen. <laughs> if if you log into Clever over on the left-hand menu now, there's an ed tech, I'm sorry, there's an analytics section, which used to give you just portal analytics and how much the portal's getting used, yada yada. Now there is an ed tech analytics that looks like it will give you information about what apps are being used and they don't have to be apps that are defined in clever. Um, mm -hmm. The setup is you push a, it's an extension called clever plus to all of your user accounts. Here and we it go. starts aggregating <laughs> usage statistics into clever and it's, it's free. So I, I went through the setup today to push it out to my students and I don't know if I've done something wrong or if Google's having a problem, but my Chromebooks aren't receiving new extension settings. So I've got to dig into that. Um, so yeah, if, if uh, you log into Clever, there's an EdTech analytics section now. Is it different than the normal extension? Is it in addition or you do Yes, it's in it? addition to, um, well, Clever doesn't have an extension, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, this is Clever Plus extension. You're and it's it's showing what apps kids have. Yeah, what what website and apps they're hitting and using. Yes, I think my content filter. Well, so I was buying a product like this from another a filtering service a couple of years ago and spending quite a bit of money doing that. I understand. Um, but if this if if this does what I think it does, it will it could easily replace that here edtech analytics shows you all of your dis districts app usage in one place down to the school and grade level whether or not they integrate with clever best of all it's free so hear me out quickly but we do want clever to come on the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah the gain of this for clever would be they then know what apps are being oh, used absolutely. that clever doesn't integrate with correct yeah and that's their Who cell to, to all these absolutely sure Yep. Smart. Clever's already got my data, man. Give me give me some more useful data. You know, you know what they don't have is my fingerprint because I refuse. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Chris, why don't you wrap it up by telling us about Fortinet and their lovely music video that we will be sharing. We got to share the video. It's this rapper that comes on. He breaks down. We're a firewall. <laughs> oh, it's that old. It's it's that song from a couple of years ago. Fireball. Uh, What's the guy's name? Fireball was the song, Pip, is right? Is it Pitbull? Pitbull, yes, Pitbull's song. Yeah, and instead of Fireball, they're saying Firewall. 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 It is great. It is I'm a Firewall. Yeah, I half, I half wanted to see Chris, Chris Illingworth in the in the video, um, but it was well before he worked 
at Fortinet. Anyways, check them out. They make videos. <laughs> email our Forta friend. What's what's Chris's email? Fortinet podcast at Fortinet.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, that was episode 154. Please go check out the Fortinet. I'm a video. firewall. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Fortinet to the enterprise. You know the hacky is on. We're going to Forta, 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 Forta secure. Because the hacky is on. We're going to bring 10X in the FortiGuard Labs. Call the hacky is on. Black cats, watch your IP address. Pep's got your number down. I tell them 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, net strong. We're on fire. I tell them 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, net strong. I'm a firewall. We saw, we say, we scan. I should have said we saw, we scan, we say. They say Fortinet on fire and they no lie. Why you slipping for the ticket to pay? Now big old data center's no big deal. We got that covered in space. NGFW, the tickets for real. And all the hackers say Fortinet has changed the game. The global enterprise will quickly learn that name. The gate is the very best. And haters know that for us there is no rest. 45. 45. 45. 45. Firewall. I'm a firewall. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material and information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.